the war to end all chatbot wars, the coming AI election, and has Media Matters lost its touch? This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Top story of the day. Hollywood writers don't want AI taking their jabs. And they're going on strike to try and prevent it from happening. Yeah, there's other reasons they're striking, but this is the most relevant one in regards to the propaganda news cycle. So that's what we're going to focus on. At 12.01 a.m. today, Tuesday, what is it, May 2nd, 2023, the Hollywood Writers Guild officially went on strike for the first time in 15 years after negotiations for a labor deal with the Hollywood studios broke down ahead of the current deal's expiration. As a result of this strike, late night and daytime television shows will immediately halt production. And the joke online today is, you know, who's going to be spreading our our late night propaganda with the late night shows gone? Which the answer to that is simple. The late night hosts will continue to do that because they will be airing reruns. And since the messages are basically the same repeated, they won't get too far behind on their propaganda. It'll just be a little more generic instead of the specific day-to-day stories that they relate it to. And if the strike continues to go on, well, then AI will take over writing the monologues and maybe they'll bring the host back in and we'll get to see how well AI can serve us up our nightly dish of establishment propaganda, which is apparently one of the things that the writers are afraid of because one of the key issues at the center of the negotiations, this is according to the New York Times, is artificial intelligence. As part of the terms of their proposal, the Writers Guild wants to regulate the use of AI, and they want the studios to agree not to use it to write or rewrite their scripts and for their scripts not to be used to train AI. They also do not want AI being credited as the author of any script. The studios rejected that proposal, and then they countered it with an offer of annual meetings to discuss advancements in technology. Wow. What a what what a comforting thing. We're not going to give you that. We might bring AI in. We might give them credit. They might be able to to use some of your scripts and learn from it. But what we'll do instead of outlawing that is we'll meet yearly to talk about how the advancements in technology affect you. Is that is that a good? I would. That's that doesn't sound like a good deal to me. If you're in the writer's shoes, there. I wonder if the executives at the studios, if their jobs were possibly. In jeopardy, we're going to have some AI executives if they would offer such uh, a deal. Probably not, but that's neither here nor there. Now, the writers aren't demanding an outright ban in the use of AI, actually, maybe to some people's surprise. They just don't want it competing with them for their jobs. Other applications of AI, they seem to be all about, actually. In fact, the Writers Guild Association proposed, or the Writers Guild of America, what's the WGA again? The Writers Guild, whatever it is. The the Writers Guild proposed that the AI could potentially be used as a tool in the writer's room and that writers could use it as a reference point for further creative work. So it would seem that while they don't want it taking their jobs, they're more than happy to have it do their jobs for them just so long as they're still getting that paycheck in the end. I do get that there are uses of AI that could be used as creative prompts to help writers and maybe collect information faster that they want to write into a character or story. I understand that. But we've already seen how in education and in just about any business sector, people will use AI to do as much of the work for them as they can get away with. And so that's probably one of the concerns here, which brings in that question of who will get credit for the work. 
So the request to have AI not get credit makes sense in this capacity here. Maybe the collective should get credit for the work since it is all of us that AI is learning from. Everybody who's published on the internet anyway. The Borg, script written by the Borg. How about we just go with that, send us all royalties. They want us into a collective Borg anyway. Why don't we just go ahead and start it right here? What's the impact here? Well, by striking to prevent AI from taking their jobs, the writers are actually giving the studios the perfect opportunity to see how well AI can do their jobs without them. The longer the strike goes on, the more this becomes likely, at least to be tested. And if this were to happen, if they were to start trying this out, the studios, then it would also speed up the development of this technology in ways that could be applied across the board outside of just the entertainment field. Maybe the writers want that to happen. Maybe they're banking on anything AI rights sucking so badly that the studios will gain an all new appreciation for the writers. To that, I will say this. When you look at most streaming shows right now and most late night shows right now, the bar for AI ain't very high because the quality is so awful. Not, not all of it. Some of it is pretty good. And I, look, I, I used to be a writer. I used to write an advertisement. I used to write script, write, script writing for commercials and stuff like that. It's, I, I appreciate writers. But what we're seeing quality-wise right now is not actually, in my opinion, it's not focused on being good. It's focused on being propaganda and serving a narrative. And with late night shows, you're not asking AI to write comedy or be funny, really. You're just asking it to regurgitate mainstream propaganda, which it already does. So because the bar has been set so low, it might not be that hard to get it to write a bunch of jokes about Trump and Russia. I don't know. Another possibility is that maybe they do get some regulations set in stone there that does protect the writer's interest. And this could be the beginning of a regulatory framework for AI that gets put into place that can be applied more broadly to any other field. In fact, maybe from the Hollywood writer strike, the global AI laws begin to emerge. Who knows? A lot of things do start with Hollywood. And finally, this idea of not allowing AI to learn from your content is interesting and something we've been hearing a lot of more and more in the news, which at first it seems like a good idea. But here's the thing. The fewer the number of people and organizations that allow AI to learn from their content, the more control those who do have over the reality that these AI chatbots propagate. To, to those who rely on it anyway. I know it's already largely controlled in what it produces, but at least right now, if you talk to it a certain way, you can get it to tell some truth on occasion. And now if those creators who are telling these truths, publishing them on the internet, are preventing AI from learning from them, then not even that will be possible. I'm not sure what the answer is there. Ultimately, AI will probably fracture the internet even more than it's already been fractured. Rival chatbots will emerge. The dawn of the AI chatbot wars will be upon us. Doesn't exactly sound like the Terminator-style battle for the future that we imagined. The chatbot wars. AI versus AI. Fighting each other to the death with haikus. One more thing. It's worth pointing out, at least for me anyway, that these late-night shows are all shutting down because the host can't do all this stuff on their own. So those monologues and all that, they don't create all that stuff on their own. They have a team of writers producing it. They have producers. You know, all this garbage they create takes a large team of people to put out on a nightly basis. Doing a rival type of type of show to them is a fun idea. It's one that I've thought about actually, but the manpower and the financial resources needed to do it 
once a week, let alone five days a week, are, are substantial. And I've priced it out with some people, and it does. It takes a lot of resources and, and a lot of people. You only see the one person doing it, and you often don't realize how much work from how many people go into all of that, even though what they are producing right now is pretty much trash. It is kind of strange, too, that these late-night writers are going on strike when they are literally producing the same messages that CNN daytime anchors are, are saying just in simple joke format. It just, I get it. Like, uh, again, I'm pro writers, but I'm not pro propaganda. And I'm also not pro AI taking writers jobs. Unfortunately, had they had they not been spreading so much propaganda on such a formulaic basis on a day in and day out, then they probably wouldn't be as concerned that AI could step in and take over. Next story. Continuing with the AI theme, because everything has an AI angle these days. I mean, everything. It's like, how AI threatens our democracy, how it restricts access to abortion, how it denies the existence of transgender, all stories that I just made up that probably also exist or at least have underlying themes of. I'm sure they do. It'd probably be easy to find them. We'll probably end up accusing Russia and maybe China of interfering in the 2024 election using AI to spread disinformation. In fact, that is not at all out of the realm of possibility. There's a story today from Axios about how AI is already changing the 2024 election with the premise being that if 2008 and 2012 were the Facebook elections, then this 2024 will be the artificial intelligence election. And we all know what Facebook was eventually accused of in 2016 after those two initial Facebook elections, they were accused of allowing Russian disinformation to spread about the election, causing them to change their platform and enact a bunch of restrictions and whatnot, kick a bunch of people off. Think about it. If 2024 is already being dubbed the AI election, has that election not already been discredited, if that's the case? I mean, I guess you could argue it depends on the outcome. Either way, the very threat of AI being used to spread new forms of disinformation is enough to justify these calls, at least in their minds. These calls for the rapid creation and implementation of those AI regulations that they keep talking about, which AI regulation is just another way of saying internet regulation. I mean, I mean, that's what it is. Anything they had a hard time getting through before, before this recent emergence of AI till it burst onto the scene just a couple of months ago, really, at least in the mainstream, it will be much easier to get past now, which this article does touch on a bit, but it also reveals some of the ways that AI is apparently being used in ways that I didn't know about before I read this article. At least I hadn't really thought about. The article says that there are no rules for using AI in politics. Operatives in both parties are tapping the technology to identify donors and voters more efficiently and to create photos and videos that reveal the potential risk of deep fake messages that could fool voters. They quoted this guy, Tom Newhouse, who is the vice president of digital marketing at Convergence Media, a firm, a Republican firm that uses AI. Don't they all use AI at this point? But he told Axios that he would be willing to bet that the October surprise next year is from AI, which that's a interesting thought there. Like we've seen these campaign ads, the one that the RNC put out about Biden, and we saw these pizza ones and beer ones uh, on Twitter yesterday, and we're only going to see more and more of these. What kind of October surprise might be created by AI? You know, I, I guess it could bring to life some of these damning allegations 
that they have only told us previously, you know, showing is more powerful than telling. The Democrats, for example, could maybe make a, a video AI deepfake type thing of the accusation that Trump spanked Stormy Daniels with a magazine. They could show that to us in AI form, which would not only bring that talking point to life and make it more powerful, it would also give Jeffrey Tubin his new favorite wanket material. The Republicans, on the other hand, could like create an AI video reenactment of Hunter Biden trading on his family name, talking to his dad about his business workings over in Ukraine, all the things that Biden said that they never did. They could show it to us instead of just reading from documents and reading from emails on Hunter Biden's laptop. A visual reenactment generated by AI that looks kind of real, maybe not all the way real, but real enough to stick in people's mind, which is obviously going to be more powerful. They could even do some of those disgusting accusations that some claim his daughter made about her dad, Joe, in her diary, whether they're true or not. You remember what the RNC did on that ad that I played on the show last week, I think it was, to make it okay, I guess. They put in very faint, easy-to-miss letters a disclaimer in the top left-hand corner of the video that said something like, this ad is generated entirely by AI, which I didn't even see the first time I watched it. I only noticed it after I read that it was there that I went back and looked at it. So if that's all that's required to announce you know, that something is not real, but only an AI reenactment, then, well, the possibility of what either side can bring to life in the form of AI, it's endless. I mean, it could just ultimately get to both sides making AI porn of the worst allegations of the other side, which could, you know, be a lot of fun to see, maybe hilarious even at times. But truth as if it's not already, will be just completely out the window with these ads. The article then goes on to say that AI programs are being used for various tasks and just launched 2024 campaigns, most notably for advertising, but also for time-consuming research and office work, saying that digital firms retained by campaigns are using machine learning to figure out when's best to send text messages to voters and enlisting AI to quickly identify sound bites, freeing up staffers and contractors for other work. Now, I'll say this, the best time to send text messages is never, never send me campaign text messages. In fact, I believe Nancy Pelosi got sued for that, might have even lost. I'll have to find that story. Another way it says that AI is being used is one Democrat pollster told Axios that he asked ChatGPT to write a first draft of a gubernatorial candidate's biography, a task that would have taken him about 45 minutes. It took ChatGPT just a few seconds. I've seen these bios. They're impersonal, generic. They're not very good. They're formulaic. I used to write bios when I first started doing freelancing years ago. And the way I would get jobs is I would personalize them and I would bring them to life instead of the standard I think these type of bios that people would get, this is like a lazy way to do a bio. It doesn't make it unique or make it stand out, at least the ones that I've seen anyway. This is where it gets pretty interesting here. The article then talks about how AI is being used to improve fundraising efficiency by targeting prospective donors and voters with increasing specificity. 
In 2020 or 2016, for example, a 35-year-old male might have been targeted as part of a 250,000-person audience using researchers hired to build databases filled with information from voter files. Now, a campaign can zero in on that voter as one of 25,000 who may live in a certain zip code and be a fan of the Washington Nationals or Duke Blue Devils, for example. Isn't that what Facebook was basically doing back in 2016 that they made them stop doing with the likes and interest and the harvesting of data? Sounds a lot like it anyway. How it works, at least they only go into a little bit of detail, not much. It says consultants are using machine learning to sweep large amounts of data, such as a person's location, income, and media habits to find patterns that drive donations or support for a candidate and then create lists ranking likely supporters. Like I said, it doesn't go into much more detail than that, but I imagine it scrapes social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it finds likes, comments, uh, hearts, you know, anything that indicates political leaning somewhere. So I guess if you want it to get you wrong, start doing the opposite on social media so it doesn't actually understand you because that would mess it up. It would create a, a uh, faulty profile of you. And from there, it goes on to talk about the same thing that all of these stories talk about, which is disinfo. It says, yes, but AI technology can also be used to flood voters with disinformation. It can create AI-generated audio, robocalls, or text messages about a candidate and disperse them to millions in an instant. So there you have it. It's sounding just like 2016 all over again. Who will be accused of allowing Russia to use their AI tech platform to spread 2024 election disinformation? Only time will tell. Maybe we'll get another Mueller report out of it. Mueller report, however you say his name. Before we get to the final story of the Drive Time News Blast, which is going to be about the idiotic and frankly very weak smear campaign ongoing against Tucker Carlson, which is a bit curious. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Drive Time News Blast XR, which is what I'm calling Table Reads with Cam and Brad, where Cam and I, who Cam helps me host the show on occasion, as you guys know, sometimes after we're done recording, we leave the, the cameras on and we mess around with chat GPT and some fun stuff happens. And today in the XR, the subscriber only portion of the show, I've edited together some of the chat GPT scripts that we had it right. And then we either read or acted out, performed for the camera, if you will. I can't remember exactly which stories that I'll be featuring today in the XR. But what I do remember is that they are ridiculous. And if you want access to that subscriber only portion of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. It is how I support the show. And you not only get the subscriber only portion, you also get this show, the drive time news blast ad free. I'll remove the ads for Patreon subscribers and put it together with the XR and you get both shows combined ad free right there in your own private RSS feed. You can pop that into any podcast app where you listen to your shows and automatically loads when I upload the show. Again, that's patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. Also, if you haven't, be sure and and follow me on Twitter at Freedom Act Radio and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brad Binkley and rumble.com slash prop report. And you can also find all of my shows on my website at propagandafight.com. All right, on to the final story of the day. Media Matters, which is just an awful organization, if you know anything about them, they're a smear operation. Cheryl Atkinson writes in her book, I think might even be her one of her books, it's called Smear, I think. 
of how they're funded and how they conduct hit campaigns to try and take people down using made up stories quite often and propaganda just to take out enemies. And they have set their sights on Tucker Carlson. And I saw headlines about this video of Tucker Carlson that had leaked. I saw it last night and the way that it was being presented in the news, I was expecting to watch the video and hear Tucker, you know, praising the Fuhrer with how damning they were trying to convince people that this video that you're about to watch is. But here is the first video that this guy's Matthew Gertz of Media Matters that he released as this damning evidence against Tucker Carlson, uh, I guess to discredit him or whatever it is they're trying to do. Anyway, uh, um, we're going to, uh, because I, 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 you know, I'm like a representative of the American media now. Speaking to an exile in Romania and welcoming him back into the Brotherhood of Journalists. Yeah. It would help us out if you wore a sweater, though, because we asked him not to wear a suit. Like, he was panicking about it, so you don't have to. Talk is going to be looking uh, casual. That's how our show looks. Yeah. Is that okay? Uh, I... I I mean, this is airing on the nighttime show and I want it to look official. I don't want it to be like bro talk. And I, and I, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the majority of it. But nobody's going to watch it on Fox Nation. Nobody watches Fox Nation because the site sucks. So I'd really like to just put the dump the whole thing on YouTube. Um, but anyway, that's just my view. Um, uh I'm just frustrated with the, in, it's hard to use that site. I don't know why they're not fixing it. It's driving me insane. And they're like making like lifetime movies, but they don't, they don't work on the infrastructure of the site. Like what? It's crazy. And it drives me crazy because it's like, we're doing all this extra work and no one can find it. It's unbelievable, actually. I don't know who runs that site. We're going to play a sizable chunk on the show tomorrow night. That's the plan. And then what it's going to do is drive a lot of people to watch this on I know, but we're doing our part. We're like working like animals to produce all this content and the people in charge of it, whoever that guy's, whatever his name is, like they're ignoring the fact that the site doesn't work. And it's, I think it's like a betrayal of our efforts. That's how I feel. So I, of course I resent it. Okay. I don't know what they're trying to convey here that he did this so awful in that video there, that conversation about the sweater, that's that's not an uncommon type of thing that people have in, in media. And he actually seemed like he was kind of messing with the guy a little bit there. He kind of was smirking a little bit on the phone and was looking over at who was behind the camera. Like he was like, watch this. I'm going to mess with this guy. And the the part about the website, if the website's not working, and, and I think he's right about Fox Nation, is it's not an easy site to access, then he's not wrong about what he's saying there. So there's nothing damning in that video. And then there was another one today. And here, here's a headline from Alter. Internet. It says behind the scenes, behind the scenes video shows Tucker Carlson making sexually aggressive remarks to Fox News colleague. That's the headline behind the scenes video of him making sexually aggressive remarks to Fox News colleague. Now, who does that make you think you're going to hear him talking to a woman? It makes you think he's going to be talking to a woman. Who's he actually talking to? Pierce Morgan. 
He's talking to Pierce Morgan. This website probably hopes that people don't actually click on this headline because if they do, the only thing that's revealed by doing so is how much of a fraud the website actually is. When you go, oh, I thought it was going to be a woman. It's freaking Pierce Morgan. And this is another Media Matters operation. It says here on the alternate site, it says, according to Media Matters, Matt Gertz, that same guy, the website has obtained a copy of a behind-the-scenes video in which Carlson is seen telling Fox News' Pierce Morgan, if we're going to talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the finer points of technique, but you know, but it's your show. It's totally up to you. I think that you, you get a sense of the type of video you're going to see here. You're going to see a couple of dudes joking, and here it is. Everyone in this company is thrilled that you're doing this. I've gotten more calls from people about it. Oh, that's great. Well, I've got to say, I, I, when I came to um, New York a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't believe how welcoming and friendly everybody was. It was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah, they, they really mean it from the owners on down. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's cool to see it. I like that. It's, it's a good, you know, people are nice in this company. I think they've always been nice to me agree anyway. I completely agree. Everyone's been very, very friendly and very nice. And I really appreciate it. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. It's, uh, it's yeah, I bet that doesn't change. Of course. Yeah. It's just great to of have course. you on my show. I mean, I've been on yours enough times. It's great. I think it's totally cool. So let's, um, is, if we're going to talk about sex, I'd love to hit some of the fine points of technique. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's your show. It's totally up to you. We can certainly talk about your sexual technique, especially after your tanning testicles last week. <laughs> Not mine. I, we'll speak in more general terms, but I've got something to add. <laughs> Okay, so two dudes being two dudes. And they try and frame this as some sort of damning. This is locker room talk on the set between two dudes. That's not even the type of Trump locker room talk that they like to throw around here. I expect a better smear effort from Media Matters in this, but maybe their day in the sun is just, is just gone as the top smear organization on the left. But if they're trying to discredit Carlson, I mean, he's already not working at Fox anymore. If they're trying to hurt his reputation, his credibility, I would think they would focus more on his dad's background as a high-level propagandist for the government. I think that's the best angle they can go to. Now, that doesn't mean he can't as he's done, he tries to talk about that and embrace that and say that he's changed. Whether you believe that is up to you. I always say, look at the information. Don't just blindly trust the source. Evaluate the information. But they ignore that. This is a very curious and seemingly useless campaign that Media Matters is doing. But it's very much a campaign that's being funded by someone. I haven't looked into it to find out who. Who knows? Maybe Media Matters just sucks now. They're done. And I'm going to end the show right there. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. And stick around for the XR if you want. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.